The Fellowship of the Real is going live starting February 18th. The podcast will still be the polished, shiny, beautiful thing it is, but if you want to see the ugly side, the unedited side, the we'll-fix-it-in-the-mix side, then tune in February 18th at 10 a.m. U.S. Central Standard Time, or thereabouts. You can ask questions and leave comments during the show, and we will do our level best to respond. This time, we will be reviewing Hot Fuzz and Blade Runner The Final Cut. Yep, that's right. Tuning in live allows you to get a review weeks before it comes out. Did I mention it will be ugly, unedited, and that we'll have to fix it in the mix? See us there. Facebook.com, Fellowship of the Real. Are you recording this? Studying a movie in the mechanical level, I think, can, can really bring some revelation. I believe that no one says out to make a bad movie, with the exception of... On paper, this should work. Yeah, this should work. But I, I just don't like it. That's your own fault if you haven't seen it. Way over budget, start yeah, cutting right, yeah, scenes. Even the actors don't know what that movie is about. Shit, I, I wish I wrote that. Which I love the title, but that movie's trash. Well, it's oatmeal, man. It's good for you. All right. So, here we are. Fellowship of the Real. We are uh, four people who enjoy movies, and so uh, we talked about them anyway, so we thought, why don't we do a podcast? Uh, we're going to start off with uh, a format that follows what we're going to do, but maybe a little different because uh, as movie fans, we are also Bruce Willis fans, and as everybody may or may not know, uh, Bruce Willis has been diagnosed with a debilitating mental disease and will not be probably making movies or really be among us much anymore. So we thought before we got into the regular way we do our movie reviews that we would have a Bruce Willis tribute. So the first four episodes will be Bruce Willis movies. Uh, The format that we will follow is each one of us will pick one, a movie, and then all four of us will review it and we'll take turns in a roundtable fashion. Uh, breaking it down according to certain things that we have talked about and how we want to look at movies. Uh, And we're going to do that with the Bruce Willis movies, but as I said, the first four will be Bruce Willis. And the first one that we are going to look at is from 1987, Blind Date. This was James Choice, and so uh, we're going to look at that, and we'll break it down according to, like I said, the things that that we have talked about. Uh, The first uh, thing that I always kind of like to look at, and, and this... Sometimes it's an indicator, sometimes not, of how the quality of a movie or whether it's any good. Again, it's very subjective. There are movies that I love that didn't make any money and critics hate, but, you know, whatever. So first thing I thought we'd do is look at the what I'm calling uh, the money critics fans. Um, then we'll move into uh, the story mechanics, and this is largely, I guess, what Chris and I will get into with James and Sherry. Uh, jumping in as they see fit, because that is basically going through the whole movie. Uh, Chris and I like to write, so this is essentially from a writer's perspective, uh, but it will also be good for James and Sherry to jump in with their thoughts and regulations. Uh, Followed by a wrap-up, any trivia or anything that we noticed about the movie that uh, we thought was cool, and then a final judgment. uh, When you submit a script, it gets a pass, a consider, or a recommend, and so... I thought it would be cool that each of us uh, give our own past, consider, or recommend 
uh, based on the movie. Um, usually the person who picks the movie does the uh, name and synopsis, sort of gives the name and a brief synopsis of the movie. James, did you have that? If not, I do. I, if you got it, I'll take okay. a look at it. That's fine. Yeah, I... I uh, I was going to read it directly off of IMDb as to not well, get a little confused, but what do you have? Um, and we'll get into this as we go, but, but Blind Date, uh, and I don't want to like pass judgment, but um, uh, I, I, anyway, let's, let's, Too late. Let's, yeah, let's just start. Uh, my hesitation probably tells you everything you the need to know. The judgment has started. The judgment <laughs> has started. So, all right, so Blind Date 1987, and this is, I guess, from IMDb. A workaholic needs a date for dinner with a new important clientele, but his brother sets him up with a date that could lead to disaster. Okay, so that's the synopsis. I've seen others that talk about uh, Kim Basinger's character being problematic when she drinks. Uh, all of them are very surface-level sort of descriptions, um, and, and I think that's part of the problem, but we'll get into that when we go. Uh, this had a budget of $17 million. Um, Shockingly, well, I, I need to stop making these judgments. $17 million, and it made its money back with a gross of $39 million released only in the United States. Uh, Sorry, I had, a, I had a quick question, um, and it doesn't matter. It may lead nowhere. But you're, James, you said that uh, you were looking at a synopsis on IMDb. Was it uh, drastically different from what Phil nope, put out? That's pretty much the same. That's okay. pretty much it. Curious. It's basically a little bit different. Uh, a little bit more thorough, but yeah, like what you Same said, thing. Okay. he's a workaholic, he's got a meeting, he's got to have a dinner date. Yeah. Uh, silliness ensues. ensues okay, yeah. Yeah. Just you had made a, Phil, you'd made a reference about them being kind of, uh, I don't remember what you, you just said it two seconds ago and I can't remember, something about shallow or on the nose, just not a whole lot there, I guess is what it sounded yeah, like. So I, I was just curious if his went, you know, more in depth. I've seen several and, and like <clears throat> even meant, even references to the underworld, you know, he, he gets in trouble with the cops and the underworld and I'm not. Certain that I remember anything about the underworld, anyway. But yeah, no, that's the uh, that's the thugs and stuff, and then the criminal element is would be my guess. Okay. The underworld. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. Shut up, Chris. No, no, As you were, sir. It's uh, <laughs> we'll break this down as we get into it, and I'll I'll dose out my uh, my disdain. <laughs> no, no disdain. Right. You have to remember. <laughs> Look, you can have disdain. It's just, you know, it's you keep saying, I don't want to judge, but you already have. Well, we'll judge in small doses. You have to remember and, and kind of put this into context. The year that it was released, 1987. Yeah. This was Bruce Willis's first. Very first movie. Very first movie. After Moonlighting, right. <clears throat> he was in Moonlighting. This was. Oh, he's doing it at the same time. 85 is when Moonlighting started. Yeah. And then oh, you have okay. John Larroquette. I'm sorry, maybe 86. Uh, John Larroquette was on Night Court at the time. Yep. Yeah. And Phil Hartman was on SNL at the time. They yeah. were all okay. pretty new, and nice. this was their all first kind of... Mo feature film? Yeah. yeah. So okay. it was kind of a safe choice, I think, for them well, when it comes to writing style. It was a silly movie. This uh, I remember seeing this movie a long time ago, and I guess I liked it, <laughs> but I watched it this time, and because it has it has a lot of heavy like hitters it. in it, like Phil Hartman and Larroquette and... Mm -hmm. And and Kim Basinger, I mean uh, Bruce Willis. There's there. It's got a lot of heavy hitters in it. Um, and early earlier in their career, not sure the first thing they've done, but it may be first time they were really on the main American culture. Right. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Um, critics and fans hated this movie. Okay. Uh, no way. <laughs> no way. Tomato meter: twenty four percent for the uh, critics and forty two percent for the audience, which. That is 
24% of the people who watch this only gave it three stars or higher. And that's on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. See, and that's always curious to me. Maybe you guys know the answer. I've never, I guess, done any research to look into it. But like, so this movie came out, what did we say, 87? Yeah. Right? Rotten Tomatoes, internet, that wasn't around. Right. right? So this is all uh, clearly after the fact. It like could years be, Years yeah. later that people watched it. So it just, it's, it was curious to me, like, you know, like how, you know, as far as their opinions and stuff, like, because it says, like, you can't really, in my opinion, you can't apply Rotten tomatoes to an older movie like that just not that their opinions maybe have changed maybe they felt exactly that same way in 87 but i mean you know what i mean that's all after yeah. the fact right so because it could be people like you going back and watching it or it could even be people like me who you know i'd never seen it until you know we decided to do this podcast well um, i did have a supervisor who she just thought it was the most hilarious thing i guess when it came out or on video yeah, yeah. back in i don't know the 80s or 90s whatever it was and that's the reason I watched it. And I didn't think it was that funny the first time. But when we watched it again, I, a lot of it was, yeah. was funny. Well, uh, it hasn't aged well, if that's any indication. So, yeah. It does not hold up. It does, according to critics and fans. Now, also, you said it, uh, <laughs> uh, like, I'm not trying to be devil's advocate, I promise. But you also said fans and critics hated it, but it, it made its money back, too. It, it did. Uh, it was no, it only, released, lot, only it released domestically. It didn't ever get worldwide. Yeah, and I'm curious on that too. I'd have to go back and look. Like, when did they how, when did they start releasing movies internationally? Because they realized they could make you know more money yeah. and they can make even more. You know, some movies do better internationally than domestically. Like, was that even a thing in '87? Right, right. Or I'm sure it was, but like, how many? I guess I'd be curious. How many movies in '87 got released worldwide versus just domestically? Yeah. Uh, so money it made it. Critics and fans panned it. At least have been panning it. So. Uh, the fact that it, it, I guess it almost doubled its money, so it's not outstanding, but it did make money. There's no blind date too, so you know maybe it was just enough. Uh, so the uh, so that's money critics fans. The when we get into Storm Connects, that's sort of uh, my bread and butter. I know it's Chris's bread and butter. Uh, Sherry and Chris were like, we're not. I mean, uh, Sherry and James were like, we're not making, we're not doing homeworks, and that's cool. Uh, so that you can jump in as you guys see fit. Uh, and so when I say this, maybe James and Sherry won't necessarily know what I'm talking about. Chris will. Um, and I guess I should say something about that. We're following the Blake Snyder sort of breakdown of movies. There are many that I, I like. I usually use Blake Snyder just because it's so fast to the way to crack a story. Uh, is it perfect? No, but it is super fast if you're looking to crack a story or analyze a story. And so he has certain genres. Um, and so I picked, and maybe... Chris can speak to whether he chose this also or whether what he thinks of it. Um, in terms of a Blake Snyder genre, I picked Monster in the House for, uh, for this movie, which uh, if you're not familiar with uh, the breakdown of his genres, Monster in the House requires a monster, uh, a house, which means a locale where things happen. You know, it can be general, vague, whatever, and a sin. Uh, and so I was able to sort of peg those three things uh, in terms of the genre, did, did you have any thoughts about? No, that's interesting. Um, so I did the homework and I actually forgot to put the genre on. I think all four of these films. Um, that's fine, but I should yeah. be able to do it on the fly. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure I agree with the uh, monster in the house, but I guess I wanted to go back just a minute with uh, Blake Snyder. Um, so he believes that every movie can be 
uh, and correct me if I'm getting this wrong, Phil, he believes that every movie can be broken down into 10 genres. It's one of 10 genres. Yeah. Right. And then he has 15 story beats that he does for, that he breaks down every yeah. story. Um, one of us, probably me, will slip up, I think, at one point. We've gotten to the habit of you and I have calling him Catboy. Yeah. Um, so, because yeah, well, he has a, the, his books are Save, Save the, Cat, the Cat is what it's yeah. called. Um, Blake Snyder's, uh, where he reveals these 15 beats. Anyhow, so somehow in our shorthand, we started calling him Catboy. So, yeah. when you say Catboy, we're talking about Blake Snyder. Right. Um, anyhow, back to Just Monster in the House. Oh, question. sorry, go ahead. I wanted to ask a question. Um, Monster in the House. Are there any examples of yes? Stories? Jaws. Yeah, Alien. Jaws is a monster. Jaws, in the house. Aliens. Um, and I, I figure you'll probably get into the because each of his genres have I think three things yeah. that make it you know yeah. why it's a monster in the house or why it's whatever it is. Um, again, I didn't do this part of the homework, so I apologize. But That's I fine. guess my gut instinct was do with a problem uh, genre, not monster in the house. Um, I th- I thought about that, uh, um, but the way the 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 uh, Synopsis reads, and the way this movie is structured, Kim Basinger is a normal person who turns into this uh, horrendous, chaotic force in Bruce Willis's life, right? So um, I don't remember everything about all the genres. I, I wrote down the ones and then just the three uh, that I remember. Um, but in terms of the monster, I think Kim Basinger is the monster, right? The house is his date is going to the dinner or whatever. Yeah. And the sin, and, and we can get into this, um, and, I, and I really suspect I know what the problem with this movie is, and, and we'll get to that, I guess, at the end or, or whatever. Uh, because I think the sin, uh, it, it's twofold. I, know, I think I know what they were trying to do, but I, I just, I don't think... Sure, the execution wasn't there, yeah. in your opinion. So the sin... Uh, the movie starts out and 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 what's his name uh, Walter? Yeah, Bristol's character is Walter. Walter, yeah, uh, is an uptight executive, but secretly he's a guitarist, right? And so he has this life that he wants to pursue, but he feels like he has to do this other thing, and so chaos comes into his life, and through this, I I think they meant for him to transform. You know, she was going to be the, the transformative influence in his life, and by the end of the movie, you know, he he would realize his true self and all this kind of thing. And like I said, we can break it down as we get to it. But I think his sin is that, okay? Yep. Um, and I don't know that they intended this, but the takeaway I got from this, like, uh, as I say, we can do this as we go through, but Walter's character who is supposed to be the guy you feel for, I think, right? He's the guy that is the victim of this blind date, right, is, is, is almost virtually completely unsympathetic to me throughout this movie, and that the sympathetic character, the one I'm feeling for, is Kim Basinger's character, and as we go through the beats, I can talk about why I think that, Sure. and I'm not sure that's what they intended. So his sin, uh, because obviously you can't give her alcohol or she freaks out, and she's, Walter is told that, uh, Nadia is Kim Basinger's character, she tells him, I shouldn't drink, and David's like, oh, what could it hurt? No, have some. And it, almost to, to the absurd level does he sort of bring alcohol into this situation. So his sin, in my opinion, is, is okay, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to, to foist alcohol upon this woman who is saying no, right? Now, that, maybe that is looking back at it with today's eyes where, you know, no means no and this kind of thing. But well, yeah. 
I, was, I had similar thoughts on that, not necessarily on that beat, but just at the beginning when all the there's all the the men are sitting around the table at work, and yeah. I think there's two females there, and they start cracking jokes yeah. about you know women and stuff. And I don't remember exactly what they said, but they they have a specific shot of showing a female not being amused, right? And and, and, he, and he all about the concubines, about the, their client that they're meeting. Yes, he says uh, he's a very old world, and women should know their place. But then he's got thirteen concubines or whatever. Right. It was they I had a thought on that as that was happening in the yeah. movie this last time. I looked up the director. The director is Blake Edwards. Yeah, the man was born in 1922, so at this time he was well into his. Right, he was old. Well, and he old had, world guy and had thirteen concubines well, himself. Yeah, and he, you know, the director of Pink Panther. Okay, uh, I knew his name, but I couldn't. I didn't look him up. Of, yeah, Mickey and Maude, the man. But his his repertoire goes back to the fifties. Right now, you know, he was no, uh, not I defending no, absolutely. him at all. That's just, sure. and I don't like, know where did that come from. That's where it was. Fair enough. Well, yes. Well, but I think it's part of the story too, though. Exactly, sure. but he was one of the writers. She's empowering, very much her character is empowering women, I feel like. Well, because she, yeah. she, she uh, rails against everything that they talk about as far as women knowing their place and all this right. stuff. Right. Granted, she's drinking alcohol and turning into this monster, as you called her, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. It definitely reminded me in the, in the shot there towards the end with the balcony and the dog. Yeah. That reminded me just the way that it was shot very... 1960s, 1970s well, Pink Panther, and that's it was like a play. I, that's when yeah. I viewed yeah. who directed it. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why it feels. It feels like an old movie yep. in 1987. Blake, I don't know. True. You guys are probably, and this will not be the first time I say this. You guys are too young, okay? Ouch. But I, we, I grew up on Blake Snyder, and Blake Snyder is known for Edwards. One uh, Blake Edwards, yeah, is is uh, Blake Edwards is. Uh, Known for a certain type of movie, okay? And it's a movie that, in my opinion, is light on story. Yes. And heavy, heavy, heavy on raunch and sight gags. Yes. Okay? Uh, all the Pink Panthers. Uh, he made a movie called Victor Victoria, um, which I saw once. I don't remember that so much, but it was about, uh, I think, a cross-dressing Broadway person or something. Anyway, uh, most, most famously, he made a movie called S.O.B., and and quite literally, I think that the whole purpose of that movie was for Julie Andrews from Sound of Music, you know, Miss Innocent Sweet Julie Andrews. The whole purpose of that movie was for her to flash her tits, okay? Because that's what the movie's about, is getting this sweet actress into a role where she flashes her tits and then she does. It's very, very light on story and heavy on the raunch and sight gags. Well, that makes total sense now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Definitely, there was. I have some notes in there, and I think I just got my answers. But yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway. let's go ahead and get into it if we're ready. Uh, that was the end of the introduction. Maybe it's not. Yeah, um, I think that's. I think that's what we're dealing with when you're dealing with this kind of movie. So, based on that, I had a hard time nailing down concrete fifteen beats. I think. I think they're blurry at best. Um, we're supposed to in the opening image. Walter is uh, running around. We're supposed to get the idea that he's you know, frenetic, his, his life is almost out of control because he's trying to pursue uh, money and success and he thinks this is the way to do it and so he's running late or whatever. I watched this opening scene of Walter, I don't know how, what you guys thought of this, the opening scene of Walter like packing his suitcase in his apartment and putting his tie on and, and to me, like it was the most slow, plodding, gotta hurry scene I've ever seen in my life. Okay, like I'm watching Bruce, okay, and he's supposed to be in a hurry, and I'm looking at my watch like this scene is going on forever, and he's, 
he doesn't seem to be moving fast. It, it just seems very plodding, the whole pacing of that scene when he's supposed to be in this yeah. big hurry. I didn't I didn't think about it um really like that. Um but as far as like why was it slow and, and did it feel slow? Um but I know I guess looking back on it now, like my thoughts started wandering. Like I remember when he was uh messing around with his briefcase and on the at the table and, and like you said, doing all the things trying to get dressed. I started thinking about his performance and um and I guess I did that a lot with just these four movies and we can get into it later, but just his performance and how it changed from the different movies. Yeah. And the different characters. Like I feel like out of the four movies we chose, he um he plays two kind of outgoing characters and then two very subdued characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was thinking about that. But again, watching this movie, movie just starts mind already wandering. Um, and yeah, I think that's 100%. And that's why you just nailed it. It's slow. Like, it, there should have been quick cuts. Like, yes. I think I, I'm gonna, I was going to kind of wait and see if I still felt this way after we got done talking about this movie. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. I feel like maybe this movie, after pointing out Blake Edwards and what this guy's done and his style, and I think James you know, hit the nail on the head. This movie felt old in 87. Yeah. 87 was like, you know, I mean, cinema was starting to change at this point. I mean, there's so many like exciting movies that came out of the 80s. Yeah. Um, I think it, this movie had been directed by somebody younger and somebody more, dare I say, hip. This movie might have been a lot better um, than it was. Because, yes, it, it, it's, again, I think it's that slow. This guy didn't have the quick cuts that the energy that just needed to show this guy rushing around. Yeah. Instead, it came off. Let me just, he sets up the camera and just lets it play instead of you know, changing yeah. the angles and making quick cuts. Right. He, yeah. uh, he has, he, uh, and I, I want to say that it was obviously towards the end of his career. I don't know how many more movies he made after this, but yeah, he is still, he is, he made one kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was a time when, you know, that was the thing. And, but I, I think by this time, uh, not so much. Um, and I guess since it's, it's you and I talking about the beats, I guess um, you were talking about opening image. My opening image was a little bit different from you. I, I felt like you kind of described the opening sequence. Yeah. And I tried to narrow it down to a single image every right. time. Um, and so I had him like, you, the first time we see him, he's asleep at his desk. And the bed's clearly made. So like, yeah, this yeah. guy's so busy that he falls asleep at his desk, right? Right, like, right. Before we see him rushing around all that, like you get that. And the, uh, again, I don't think the movie was, I'm, I'm with you, the movie wasn't executed as well, especially the story and his arc that they were trying to tell, but there's a cool shot of the guitar forgotten in the corner right at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Very nice guitar, by the way. Is it? Very, uh, Fender Stratocaster. Nice. Very, very nice. Jeez. All right. Um, yeah, so, so this, and he's, he's asleep because he stayed up late, we learn later, he stayed yeah. up late trying to work on this big presentation. Um, so he's a plugger, he's a worker, uh, he's got a friend who who even during the meeting didn't do his work, right? And, and he makes some excuse, and the boss was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, he gets away with it. Yeah, gets away with it while Bruce is, uh, Walter is uh, slaving like, away. Yeah, killing himself. Yeah, and his boss says, you look like shit, your suit looks like shit, you know, you know look at this guy here, and this is the one who doesn't do anything. So this is his life. He's in a place he does not want to be. He's a rock and roller in a three-piece suit kind of thing, you know. That's, that's the impression that, that we're getting. Well, the the also the, I have a note here as far as the setup goes. Um, also, they set up the coworker I don't remember his name being a complete sleazebag. Yeah, you know, and he's like telling the story about you know with this chick in the limo, and yeah, Bruce was like, "No, this didn't happen. This is you know, you're making this up." And then and he shows him like his pictures or whatever. Right. Um, how do you get women to do these things? Like my first thought was he was jealous of of him. Like Walter was jealous of his friend. Um, yeah. Because he's like, "How do you get women to do these things?" Right. And then. 
a little bit later, like, a, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Just that was my first impression that maybe he was jealous of it, which he's probably just jealous of the, this guy can, has the girl, you know, can not do his, his work at, at, you know, at the job and not get yelled at by the boss. He's got a nice suit. Yeah, it definitely you know. struck me as a, I'm doing everything I can, and this guy's not doing anything. And yet. gets all of it. Gets yeah. everything. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? I don't belong here. That's right. what I got out of that. Yeah, and and uh, so he was rushing, 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 but now he's able to stop and look at pictures and talk like like yes, you know. So uh, some of the story logic, but again, Blake Snyder's not interested in that. Blake Snyder is interested in where's the next gag? Edwards, where's uh, Blake Edwards? Yeah, <laughs> Edwards. Blake Snyder's very much interested in that. Yeah, he is absolutely. <laughs> uh, where's the next gag? Right. Okay. So. Um, any any other uh, thoughts or whatever about these opening sequences? Mm, Jerry, you got you okay. have any thoughts about this? How this movie started off for you or whatever? I mean, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I just thought it. Uh, Jerry's like I was asleep. Yeah. Um, no, I. I mean, I have thoughts about the movie, but yeah, well, we can not get- about. What y'all were talking yeah. about. Well, uh, yeah. I'm and like things like, I, I'm, you know, like I miss Phil Hartman and stuff. Yeah. I'm glad uh, to see him. And uh, I, I don't remember him being in the movie. So, yeah, I didn't know. He, I didn't know he was in the movie, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Stace pointed him out before, before I noticed it was him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it did bring back a lot of memories from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This, this is a guy who had big movies in the seventies making a movie in the eighties. And I think, and I, and I think he, there's, there's one singular reason that I think this movie is like it is. Um, And I don't know when to bring that up, but let's, let's get, we'll just run through this real quick. And then, then we can have general discussion or whatever. So this is his, his, his normal situation. And obviously in any story, a character is going along until a rock is dropped in his pond and he's forced to react. Well, the catalyst here is, and again, this is all sort of, you know, it's it's not major, but he has a date for this big uh, party, and the rules have already been set up that it's an old world guy, you got to be on your best behavior and everything, and, and Bruce Willis's date is canceled, Walter's date is canceled, and so now he is having to get another date, and his brother sets him up with Nadia, uh, as is, you know, according to, you know, good story mechanics, Typically, the hero refuses. So Walter is refusing to go on this date with Nadia initially because he has had experience with his brother setting him up before. And it hasn't gone well, right. And it hasn't, hasn't gone well. Uh, a movie that I thought of when I was watching this that uh, is also a monster in the house, and maybe that sort of influenced my decision, um, was, was Gremlins. I don't, you've all seen Gremlins? There were certain rules about what you could do and not do with a gremlin. Like, you couldn't get them wet or they turned into monsters. Well, that's essentially, I think, what is happening with, with Nadia, okay? She is, she's a gremlin until you get her drunk, right? And then she turns... The way around. She's Gizmo, and gizmo, then once yeah, you get her drunk, and, she turns into to a, a gremlin. gremlin. That's, I guess yeah. that's sort of what... No, I had a similar thought on that. Yeah, um, yeah just with the rules, I think, is, is what it was. Well... Um, not... I, I, I still don't... I'm not convinced it's Monster in the House. Right. Um, but just, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest... The other monster, monster in the house movies we, we talked about, right? Gremlins, Jaws, um, Aliens. Ripley doesn't go out, end up with the alien at the end. Um, right. The Roy Schneider doesn't end up with Jaws, right? They, they kill the monster. Typically. You're right. right. Well, um, well, 
All right, okay, maybe you got something. Maybe there's later on he kills the monster, but the I monster gets killed because uh, you know we could jump right to it. But the final image obviously is them together. I mean, uh, who didn't see that coming, right? And and in the champagne bottle is a bottle of Coke, right? So the monster has to be either subdued or killed. Like they have to kill that monster for them to continue on, right? They 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 can't. It's if you've turned Jaws into a house pet, maybe, I guess. Yeah, I don't I know. You. Jaws yeah. into a goldfish. Yeah, you know. No, I definitely, I saw the Coke at the end, for sure, um, in the in the champagne it, you know, bucket. This movie's but wanted to be clever so bad. I, I just, and it could have. I don't feel there's, like, they didn't set that up like that. No, I don't feel like no, they, no. if she's being tamed, right? Like, I feel like she's one, just like at the beginning, she's one freaking drink away from yes. ruining the honeymoon now. You know what I mean? Or, or the next date, or whatever it was they were going on yes. after that. Like, I, I didn't get any sense of... She's turned a corner. She's not going to drink anymore, like ever again. Well, she wasn't drinking before she and and, and tells she Br- said no, but she didn't put up that much of a fight. Like well, if I know I'm turning into freaking you know yeah. Jekyll or Hyde, sorry Hyde. Yeah. Like if I'm in that situation, as soon as I have a drink, I'm turning into freaking Hyde. I'm going to put up a little bit more of a fight than uh oh no I shouldn't I should oh okay well you know like, no, like sure. This is she's why- got to drink it for the story to work too, but well yeah okay. I'll just say this. So much stuff happens in this movie because they needed, needed it. To, needed sure. to. Yeah, that's, that's the worst kind. And worst, one of the worst sins is a, as a writer. Yeah. Sure. Well, this happens because they needed to. And I want uh, I, I, I to I say it, but I want to get through this because yeah, 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 it'll, sorry, it'll justify you. everything. Um, yeah. So, so, but that's, that's what I think is part of Walter's sin, okay, is he doesn't heed. The sin in, in Gremlins was that they got wet, or they were allowed to get wet, right? I can't remember. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fed them after midnight, and then they, yeah, they got wet later. Uh, and we're, we're fixing to get into the, because the debate, the debate is not really any debate. He does refuse, and his, his bump into accepting is that he can't find anybody else. Yeah, but I'm saying, there's a beat where he calls, you yeah. know, a scene where he calls somebody else, and she's not available or whatever, right? So, yes. Yeah, so then he commits. Right, And calls right. Ted about the yes. audio. Uh, yeah. So he accepts the call. Which leads us to our break into two, the second act, right? So now he has to step into the choice he's made. And him and Nadia, uh, and, and this, uh, I will, I will uh, and, and I almost want to say it's un- unintentional unless it's a leftover, which I'll say in a minute. Uh, because I noticed this about some of the movies we watched, and, and it is interesting to me when this kind of thing happens, like, when you go to the first act to the second act, it's a different world, right? So you're, you're leaving your ordinary world and you're going into the strange new world of the second act. Should be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I started noticing the act breaks just in these four movies. And a lot of times it is through like a physical, actual door that they'll step through a door from the first act into the second act. And, and you can tell me if, if you peg the second act where I'm pegging it. But so he debates and then he goes to meet Nadia uh, at her hotel or apartment or whatever it is, and knocks on the door and steps into the door of her room, and now we're into the second act. Is that, is that Yeah, what? no, that's where I had it. Like, I mean, I guess I wrote it down as his breaking it to is him actually calling Ted, going, okay, I'll go on the date. Um, but, yeah. but, but yeah, but you're, because that's his decision beat, Decision, right? yeah. And and, the, but yeah, the, basically the first scene of act two of yeah, the funny games through. is going through the doorway. Yeah. And I didn't, I missed that. I didn't even think about him going through a doorway, but yeah. that's, uh, it's a, crossing the threshold. Is, is yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the systems, film a little bit, of, a little bit of credit there, but yeah. Um, um, yeah. Him going to pick her up and that's her apartment. Yes. Is that what we got? Uh, I can't remember if it's her apartment or her, her 
hotel. I can't remember because it's uh, not a random apartment that she just is staying at. No, she's staying there, but she's uh, her brother's his brother's uh, wife's cousin, right, or something. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't know if she's in town. I brought it up because there's a I got a note for later on when he's uh, we can go ahead and talk into it talk about it. I guess since I brought it up, but like later on, he's I just want to take you home. Now where? And they make this big huge deal about where's your friend's address? Give me the address. And and when I'm watching this, I'm like. Why didn't he just take her? If he's so eager to get rid of her, yeah, take yeah, her back to where he picked that. her up from. Like, what yeah, but the hell? she had like, packed her suitcase and it was in the back. So she was gone. Even, so she moved out. You're right. She hotel. did have the suitcase. I, I think it was a hotel. It's just a hotel. Staying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I got a credit card. I'm checking you back in this hotel. That's what I would have done. <laughs> well, yeah. But no. Uh, Here's a bus stop lady. <laughs> yeah. But um, okay. I missed that. Yeah. All right. You're right. Suitcase in the hotel. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, so if this is a romantic comedy, which I think. It should be. Uh, yeah, that, uh, sure. it's, you know. But it's a monster in the house. It can't be a romantic comedy. Well, it can't be a, uh, what is it, buddy love is what he calls it? Yeah. Um, Sorry. The break into two, like the, the, they meet each other, the lights go out. Uh, and when they finally do meet, it's almost like they're love at first sight. They're both very pleased with each other's appearance or whatever, you right? On a blind date, you don't want them to be ugly, right? right? right. So, so they're both like, pleased. I actually like that beat where the lights go out and it's like, because and, and, she's making jokes about, well, here's your chance to run. Yeah, no, it's, stuff, it's, uh, it up. it's a meet cute, right? That's yeah. how the, the, they first meet or whatever. Um, a meet cute? Yeah, that's meet, what it's called, yeah. Meet, a meet cute is, uh, yeah, uh, um, is the, the point in a, in a romantic comedy that, that brings the two lovers uh, across each other's paths. And it's usually... Outlandish and a big event in the story, right? It's not, yeah, or it's got to be clever. It can't just be them running to each other at a coffee shop, right? That's boring. Nobody wants to see that. So they like, uh, I can't think of any examples all of a sudden, but like romance comedies typically do it really well. Um, um, like there was one, I, I think I just thought of, I don't think it was a romance comedy, but there's a, I think the movie's called Stuntman or something. Um, I don't know that it's a romance comedy, but he's how they meet the meet cute, how the main guy who's a stuntman meets the love interest as he ends up saving her um, on the. Uh, he's a stuntman. Ends up saving her life or whatever by performing a stunt, right? So gotcha. that yeah. kind of thing. It just yeah, puts they call two it, characters together. Yeah, but in a in a weird, interesting way. way yeah, yeah, way. yeah. It's, it is a major beat in romantic comedies, and it's usually a lot of fun or whatever. You know, um, done well. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> the the one thing, one of the things I did like about the scene, and it's you know just a clever little twitch. Walter burns his hand like he's holding the match, and he burns his hand. And could he staring at her so long? Sure, but it's 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 and again, I, I don't want to credit too much. I, 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 he doesn't want to praise the movie too much. Okay, all right. Let me let me just say this. All right, but he's being sucked in and seduced by this. Well, he monster. he burns his hand. Yes, uh, which is foreshadowing of you are in for some pain and yeah, all right. a hot time. You know. Now, all right. <laughs> let, let me just put this out there because you know, if not, I'll be stumbling it over the rest of the time until I get to it. The writer of this movie, he wrote the movie. Okay, I can't remember his name. I d- uh, didn't. Nobody remembers writer's names, Phil. Well, barely. And he doesn't want you to remember his name along with this movie. He wrote the movie and submitted it. He had Dale, Dale Lawner, Blake Edwards uncredited, oh, and yeah. Leslie Dixon. Okay, well, so Blake Edwards had a the sure, director had okay. a hand in it. So I looked up this writer, and he he the wrote. Daniel guy, what was his name? Dale Lawner. He wrote. Dirty Rotten Scandals, he wrote My Cousin Vinny. This ruthless guy, people. Ruthless People, he's got chops, okay? okay? And so he's I'm like, well, what the hell happened here? Edward ruined it when he came in and he, he said Edward's he, I even hand. have a quote. Possibly. Uh, yeah, he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. There um, was nothing like his Where script. I thought you were going was Alan Smithy, like, because I, I didn't pay attention. I thought you... I think it almost got to that level. If you want to explain what Alan Smithy is. 
Alan yeah. Smithy is when, when you know, as a writer, if a project is so bad, like it's just your baby was ruined so bad and you don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. You don't want the world to know that you had anything to do with it. You can have, the instead of your name put on the credit, you can put Alan Smithy. All right. Right? So I mean, this, uh, th- I put this at the, at the bottom when I was looking up, you know, trivia and stuff. But this is an actual quote <laughs> from the writer. Okay. Blind Date was rewritten by so many people. If you hated it, it's not my fault. And if you liked it, I can't take credit for it. And he actually, like, disavowed it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, he disavowed this movie, and and it lists two people uncredited. But if you look further, there's like two or three more people. Yeah, who had their hands on this thing after he did. So I, I would love to have gotten a hold of like the script he wrote because I bet it's tight. Like, yeah, you know, uh, his other movies aren't my favorites, but I've seen them and liked them. Right, my cousin Vinny is really good. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've never seen that one. And uh, Dirty Rotten Scandals was Steve, was Steve Martin, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Michael Caine, yeah. Michael so, Caine. Uh, Michael Caine. But he disavowed this movie, right? He's like, if you liked it, I had nothing to do with it. And if you, know, if you hated it, it's not my fault. You know? Leave my name out your mouth when uh, you're talking about this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because for whatever right. reason, and, and, and I can only assume that, that Blake Edwards got hold of this thing. It's like, well, where's all my jokes, man? Where's all my jokes? And... And went to work, and yeah, maybe the writer said something along the lines of, "You want your jokes in there? You write them." And so he did. Yeah, uh, he, I think he took the money and he left the building because hope the check was uh, worth it. Yeah, because yeah, that sucks. Yeah, as a as a writer, to yeah, because he's probably proud of his, his draft, you know. Yeah, no, I'd be interested to know what his draft looked like because I guarantee it didn't look like this, which means it probably was tighter, you know. Right. I couldn't nail down a theme on this. Like, I, there was no point. There was at no point did I ever hear a character or a theme stated. I, my God, a theme in a Blake Edwards movie. Uh, forget it, right? I mean, I. Well, yeah. What's funny is I was looking here at my notes, and um, I used the so. Try to make this quick. Went through and just wrote down all the fifteen beats. Yeah. And then just used that same format for each movie. Yeah. And then went in and like changed my stuff. And on Blind Date, the theme I have written here is the actual the theme for Unbreakable. Like, so the theme was so not obvious in this movie that I even skipped over that beat and didn't go back. Yeah, I, I have no theme stated, no theme, yeah. no apparent theme stated. I just wrote that. I like. Yeah, I skipped that, that beat. That's asking was... too much. That. Uh... Um, what What do you mean, theme? Like, typically a character, somebody will say what the emotional story is. Okay, uh, we'll get to it when we get to Unbreakable, right? But in Unbreakable, uh, I think it comes, uh, there's reasons for it, but I think it comes way late. I think the theme is we live in mediocre times and people don't realize that there is extraordinary potential in themselves or anybody else, you know? And so that's the theme is, is you know, is the times we are living in devoid of people who can still have extraordinary things in themselves? And the movie answers that question. Yeah, it's typically a statement, and then the a well done movie will then spend the rest of the movie um, arguing that is it true or not this statement. And it usually takes place within the first five or ten minutes. Oh, doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. Uh, and again, the way we're breaking down this movie is one way. Sure. I think I think we can talk about it when we get to it. But I think Unbreakable does something different uh, than than usual, and I, there's reasons for it. But the, I think you know there's because I'm looking for a character to say something that is the argument of the movie, uh, you know. Um, and then, like Chris said, the rest of the movie, we'll talk about it. I think, is I think that argument? Is that know, argument? 16 Blocks then... nails the shit out of this, and I, I can't wait to, to talk about that. But 
this movie, you are you are uh, looking for gold in a dung heap as far as the theme goes. Oh. Uh, because even romantic comedies will have a theme. Sure. Good good romantic comedies uh, will have a theme that 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 one lover needs to learn and the other and that the other lover teaches them or that they both need to learn and uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh Yeah, I, I said it before, but like yeah, with <laughs> I, I wish action movies and other movies had the same uh structure or same they all have the same structure, the same tightness. You take ten Romantic comedies, their structure is going to be nailed down, and you take ten action movies or ten dramas, and their structure is not going to be as tight as romantic comedies. Like romantic comedies, nail structure down. Like all those writers know what they're doing. Yeah, no, um, it like, is. Yeah, and it I is wish as romance comedy being one of my least favorite movies uh, types of movies, I, I wish action movies and dramas and comedies and other stuff had the the structure that romance comedies do. Yeah, um, but that's whether the number one seller, right? Like romance books are still the number one seller, and I'd, I'd be willing to well, bet it's because of that tight structure. Uh, Besides fantasy fulfilling, right? And 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 I've heard screenwriters say it. I'm sure Blake Blake Snyder, you know, would have been in full agreement, even when he's talking about structure. But uh, writers and directors have said that when people go to a movie, uh, they don't go to a movie to learn about structure or whatever. They go to a movie to feel something. Sure, and and so I've even heard like people say that two thirds of your movie can be mediocre, but if you grab them at the end, that's what they're going to remember, right? So, uh, so that's that's what I think uh, a theme will capture. A theme will put something out there, and and you will feel it uh, because when I watch Unbreakable, like we watched it this time, and I I get the same reaction every single time I watch it. Okay, and I've seen it; I know it's coming, but I, I'm never jaded by that movie. Okay. Uh, I have the same, I cry in the same spots every single time because that movie has done it. They, they, they know what they're going for and they do it. Um, this, this movie, I feel like, has lost some identity and I think it's because they took the script away from the guy who wrote it and so many well, people... Well, I was going to say that and we can get into it later, but um, it's an interesting note, like when you said that, a thought occurred to me, like we, talk, we referenced this movie being directed by a guy who's probably past his prime, yeah. right? And and making a different kind of movie for 87. And then the writer, he even like took over kind of for the writer, it sounds like, and hijacked the project a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, Unbreakable was written and directed by the same guy. Yes. Like one guy was in control of all of it. Right. You know? Um. I don't know the writer necessarily of 16 Blocks, but uh, I was very pleased. And I, did, I, just, I guess I didn't know it when I went in. We'll get into it when we talk about 16 Blocks. But Richard Donner directed that. And yep. I walked away from that movie thinking, man, because he did all the, all the lethal weapons, right? Right. I mean, he obviously knows story. He did the Superman or whatever, you know, Donner cut it, right? But he, he like Shyamalan, uh, has a very definite vision and a very large skill set to achieve that vision. I don't want to take away anything from Blake Edwards because he makes a certain kind of movie and he did that movie well. Uh, but his skill set is not story and it's not uh, theme. Uh, when you're making a movie, you know, about uh, some actress, you know, removing her top and that's your movie. But, but people who go to those movies know that and so they're waiting for the next Blake Edwards movie to come out because that's, you know, like, like action movies, right? I mean, right. you're sitting next to... A guy with you know with a with a ball cap and a trucker shirt on, and he's cheering at at Statham. Well, that he you have tar you've hit your target audience, right? He's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna watch you know Downtown Abbey or whatever, right? So you got to know your audience. And Blake Edwards knew his audience. Um, I, I wanted to uh, 
I wanted to like uh, like stop you or go, hey, 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 man, like wait a minute, but uh, it's you. Uh, I don't remember what the guy looked like, but you caused a, had a memory when you said that came back. Uh, and 1993 is hard target. I remember watching this Jean Claude Van Damme film, <laughs> and the first, um, unlike some of his other movies, that one I feel like takes a little bit to get into him like doing his his action and his kicks and his fights. And yeah. I think he jumps up on the hood of a car and kicks this guy. And the first, so it's kind of this. Um, it's not just a regular kick. It's you know kind of I guess I don't know like showy, right? Yeah. Um, which Van Damme was all about showy kicks. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> this guy, I don't remember what he looks like, but I remember specifically watching the theater when Van Damme jumps up and kicks this guy. I remember a guy in the crowd going, yeah, getting all excited. And that's, that's exactly the guy you're describing. Right. That guy was, he was, if he wasn't hooked already, he's hooked for the rest of that movie sure. and cheering every time Van Damme's he kicking somebody in the that. face. And, yeah. and I think, and people who went to see Blake Edwards movies, right. if you were a teenage kid, yeah. you went to see a Blake Edwards movie because you were going to see, yeah. You know what you wanted. To, so many of a little the, bit of raunchy. A little bit of raunchy. Explains so many of the gags in this that I that it just I felt completely out of place. Like, yeah, like not I, even, don't get me wrong. I love raunchy, but this was I was oh, not expecting that going into this movie. Yeah, like the rest of the 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 art gallery that they go to, right? Yeah, okay, it's yeah, all that's erotic the, art. Well, the reason that is because it's Blake Edwards, right? There's well, and part of that, and I meant to look it up, and I feel bad that I didn't, and I'm pissed off actually that I didn't look it up um, on who that artist was. Because the imagery in there reminded me of, um, and I'm probably getting the name wrong, but I, I want to say it's H.R. Giger, the guy that Geiger, did Alien. Yeah. Is it him, Geiger? Yeah. The, is the, it him? The Alien portrait is there. There is an the actual wall. picture of, of Alien. Yeah, it definitely wall. is. Yeah. That is his painting. I don't know about the rest the of The rest of them, but there is one in there. Okay, cool. So I kind of like that beat, and I hate to say this because it, I think, feeds into what you're saying about what genre it is. Like, yeah. I mean, there's literally go to an art gallery where there's where there's monsters, right? Um, and it, so it's this horrific art gallery kind of thing. I feel like that is a foreshadowing of the night to come. Sure. Um, but it's also raunch. There's that, there's that moving statue or whatever. Yeah, of, right. You know, right. people... Sure. You know, and that's... I, Blake I thought that was riding a, a motorcycle. Yeah, well, okay. In a very... I mean, that's how I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Very inefficient way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just remembering. But there was, there was, you know, the other pictures of the concubines, you know, the Oriental concubines on the wall. It's, so that's a choice, right? <clears throat> Blake Edwards' choice. Um, I don't know. If it contributes to the, if it's foreshadowing in the night to come, I'm going to give that credit to, to the writer. Yeah. Right. I, I think everything that works is what they forgot to take out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> For sure. From the For original sure. writer. Oh, you like that part? Crap, we forgot to take it out. Um, so, fun and games, then you're into the meat of the story. I don't know that we need to go through every fun and games. There's some, there's some strange ones and setups and this kind of thing. Uh, I, I have to say that, for me, the standout performance, like the one that I enjoyed watching the most was John Larroquette's character. I agree. Okay? <laughs> uh, John Larroquette, I mean, that's how John, that was his comedy style, you know. Sure. Um, but when, yeah, every time he was on the screen, I was enjoying the movie. Um, uh, he, that, so he was, he was sort of a bright spot. Now, that being said, as we get into the fun and games and you meet John Larroquette's character, the crazy boyfriend, you know, or whatever, to me, it started to feel like, uh, uh, and Chris will know what this means and we'll explain it, but double mumbo jumbo, right? So you have the blind date. Okay, and she's supposed to be the instrument of chaos in his life, but now you're going to bring in a second instrument of chaos, the the ex boyfriend, right? So uh -huh. the whole the way this movie is advertised is don't let her drink or she'll go crazy. Okay, yeah. well she does some of that at the party, you know. And uh, for me, the standout line at the party was, you know, you know, 
state of California, you know, you're entitled to 50%. Me no speak English. 50% of your husband's assets. 50%? You know, that to me, and that's probably left over from the writer because that, that was a good comedic beat. Yep. You know, anyway. Um, but you're bringing in Lara Kett now, this crazy boyfriend, and now you have two. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, so I feel like if you're going on a blind date, part of the, the danger of who, who have they dated before, right? Who are their sure. exes? Are their exes crazy? So that's, that's I guess, just looking at it, that's how I kind of thought it was. It was just this the crazy ex-boyfriend who hasn't gotten over her, so he's yeah. just following her around. So naturally, that's going to contribute to this hor- you know, this blind date gone horribly wrong. Um, but I guess to your point, <laughs> he's almost, he's like he's crazier than her. Like he hasn't, I guess, as far as we can tell, hasn't had a drop of no. You know, he no, doesn't have any afflictions. He's where he, yeah, that's he's just a psycho. He doesn't yeah. need any alcohol to turn into a psycho or a monster like her. Um, so yeah, it's almost like at the it to your point at the premise of the movie is what happens when she has too much to drink. Then that's all you need. You got to deliver on that, yes. not have. Well, she kind of gets crazy, but we got an ex boyfriend yeah. that's way worse. Yeah, you can't and have. You're both. doing that because yeah. well. Uh, we we, we can't do enough slug tags with this one person. We ran out of ideas for her. Uh, Ideas of value for her when she drinks. Yes. Uh, yep. He wanted more sight gags, more chaos. And sure, so yeah. yeah, when he's chasing them, right? Which I, I like the the bit where he Bruce Willis steals his car for a bit and then jumps out sure. and he has to run back in. Like I, that, that was funny. I like that. But then he, like, where did this guy get his license? Right? He can't. He crashes into a three um, times. <laughs> three times. Yes, crashed into a pet shop. A paint then, shop. And then the I guess the monkey stays in the car, so then he covers up and covers his eyes, and out of nowhere, he was on the driving in the middle of the road. Yes. As soon as the monkeys, you know, for oh, yeah. two seconds, crashed into now he's crashing into the paint store, right? And then later on, like a flower factory or something. Like, right? Is that what it was? Because yeah. it's yeah. Huh? it was yeah. flower. Nuts. Baking flower, not flowers. Yes. Now, Correct, yes. If, yeah. And, and that's Blake Edwards. Hey, let, a crash yeah. is funny. You know, okay. All right. Because I wasn't laughing at any of that. Like I was laughing at Larroquette the way he acted. Like yeah. When he was talking, uh, he would be, be talking, and then he would, uh, when he would hear references to Walter being with Nadia, are you going to drill her? Are you trying to drill her? You know, yeah, no, he said that a lot. Yeah, that yeah. was funny. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can drill her? You know, the, the first crash I was okay with. Like, that was funny. And even the second one, I'm like, all right, that was a bit cheesy. That's enough. And then, you know, let's do one more later on. You know? Yeah. But, but like you were saying, the, the funniest thing to me was when Bruce Willis got in his car. Yeah. And then he jumps out, and then, okay, now... <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, there goes so Larry Cat running. I've never seen it, so I didn't know what was going to happen. So when Bruce Willis got in the car for a split second, I thought, he's done. He's out of here. You two deserve each other. I'm still in your car, and I'm fucking done, and I'm out of here. Like, I thought he was just taking off. I was like, well, that's, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. Because, you know, she was annoying him in his own car, right? So, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. All right, so what are we at? We're on midpoint now? Yeah, we're, we're well, a couple more things oh, about this. Oh, uh, fun of the game. So, so, again... It felt very weird to me. They're at the uh, gallery, okay? And I, I don't know if I can't remember if Bruce Willis, uh, if Walter tries to get more champagne or whatever. I don't remember. But all of a sudden, Nadia pulls out this candy bar. Did this seem weird to you? She pulls out this yeah. candy bar. I do candy. And she's like nibbling on this candy bar through the whole scene. Like, like who? Well, that's an idea of value that didn't land, you know? Right? Because okay, she's already had alcohol, right? So. No, she. Uh, or no. No, no, no. They haven't had because he he, he says, does that at the music studio, and that's after the art gallery. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So but, she's but just it, a weird character. Court they're thing. just getting to know you. Yeah, yeah and she's thing. pulling out this candy bar and eating it. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and that needed to happen, okay? Because at the end, and this is this is the other thing that, that, that I just it all feels pasted on. So at the end, uh, Bruce Willis 
sends her candies. We'll get to why she sends her candies in a second, but before he sent candies, she, he loaded them uh, up with alcohol. Yeah, no, I missed that. Uh, yeah, 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 I missed not, that not that he loaded them up with alcohol. I missed the introduction of the candy. Yeah, I did too. The payoff later of him. Well, sitting I'm thinking there. about it before I re- remembered. I'm like, okay, you sent her candies. You're loaded with alcohol because you're trying to sabotage the wedding because you want to get back together with her or whatever. How in the hell do you know that she's going to eat all those candies? Yeah. Right? Like you're sending them. How do you know that she's going to yeah, eat? No, that was the setup. You needed her we'll to give eat that those. Credit to the writer. So you set it up with this weird candy eating scene at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, but but th- those are so far spaced apart. I forgot, and I'm sure a lot of people forgot. Like you forgot, right? I yeah, mean, I no, forgot. They, what, what is the rule? No. Like they say three times, right? Introduce it, remind them, and then yeah. the payoff, right? So they miss the middle one. But the idea that. You're betting everything on her eating those candies seemed outlandish. How are you going to... We can get into that, but his whole breaking the three and his plan to get her back was is yeah so weak and so non-existent, in my opinion. Okay. Like, yeah. we'll get into that later, but it was, it was really rough, yeah. It was just like, you're out, dude. Go. Don't don't go back. Well, don't, well don't I, go I meant, back. like, I wanted to get into that, I guess, when we got there, but yeah, like his... Right. So, oh, yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, how, I mean, you... you we're trying to we're trying to shoot water pistols when we want to shoot shotguns here. Okay. Sure. Well, I'm talking, I don't have from shooting the shotgun. I just wanted to shoot them. You know, shoot the shotgun later on. You know, <laughs> once my shots lined up, I suppose. You know. Um. Yeah, I, I can save it. Well, I have my notes here. We'll wait. Um. Know? Let's get through this. There's this. There twice this happened, and it's almost like uh, the record label said, we want to put some of our musicians in your movie yeah. and showcase them. And There's it slows just, the movie down oh, yeah. so bad, I'm like... Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a time lag, right? So they go to the studio, and yep. there's this Stanley Jordan. I looked him up. I, I don't know that he ever became anybody. Maybe guitarists know who he is. Yeah, he's a Chicago-based uh, double... Yeah, he's... Did you know who he was when you saw him, or you looked it up? When I saw his face, I was like, I remember that guy from okay. back in the day. But yeah, nowadays, you'd have to... He's a very niche... Guitar player, okay. you know, it's not like the way the, the amount of time they spent on yes. on on him, and then the guys in the disco uh, club or whatever. You, I knew Billy they Vera had to the be. Beaters. Yeah, I knew they. Had, who are they? Billy Vera and the Beaters. Okay, you, you, you knew that already. I, I, like they were I, big I, in the eighties, I guess. I, I think I wasn't a huge okay. fan, but I, I definitely heard of them. They have a. I didn't know who any of them were, but I knew the amount of time they were spending on them. All right, they got to be somebody. Correct. But it yeah. still didn't serve the movie well, in well, my opinion. But yeah. Okay, so if you're going to do that, and, and, and this is where, like, now I'm, at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, well, here's, here's what you should have done, and I'm thinking... Yeah, right. So if you have this setup that... I think that, I know where you're going. That Walter ahead. is a wannabe guitar, because they asked him, did you bring your guitar, Walter? No. That was Why the- don't you have a guitar at the studio? Okay, well, here's a chance to see what Walter is supposed to become, and here's... What he's given up. What he's given up, what he's supposed to be, and here's sitting right on the couch... The agent of that change, yeah, it would have been a yeah. That all the ingredients sure. have are there. that guy say something, have him do something, just show yeah, show something. Yes, yeah, all they have is that one weak little line, you know. No, I brought the, something better than a guitar, you yeah. know. Uh, you? Yeah, and then and then encourages her to to drink. Now, <laughs> right. if she refuses. He encourages her that she likes him and wants to be with him, so she acquiesces. And this is what I'm talking about: her sympathy. She, she generally has discovered feelings for him. He's, he seems to, but he, bounce, he bounces back and forth between uh, chivalry and just being a shitheel, in my opinion. And he, and he sort of yeah. goes back and forth because his treatment of Nadia, especially after she bailed him out, like his treatment of her is 
completely unsympathetic. Uh, and we could talk about that in a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, I thought that was, uh, again, the beats are blurry. I agree. And I thought when he went to see her, that would be like this break into three, getting back together yeah. kind of thing. And then, yeah, so his reaction was not what I, I was yeah. expecting at all. Like once he learned that she had done this nice thing for him and built him up. Because if it had been reversed, he's not villain her out. You know? Right, right. You know. um, but yeah, that scene was bad. Like it's, yeah, the, the Stacy was half paying attention um, to the yeah. movie. And yeah, she. I think she was... Since it's you know kind of I guess a romance comedy or whatever like she was the the most interested in these mo- in this movie compared to the others that sure. we chose so she was least entertaining the idea of watching it with me but once it got there like by by this you know music studio scene she's like this is boring and yeah I yeah. couldn't disagree with her I was no like, yeah you're right it's pretty rough things and needed she was to out. happen I mean she watched the rest of the movie with me but and just by then she checked out and it was all negative after well, that everything she had to say again <laughs> not he, wrong but he he says something like uh, oh, oh he looks because. He says, we have a half an hour. Let's, I got something we can do. Half an hour? Time to go to a studio, buy champagne. We got like two minutes to sit there. So the story logic was off. But then he says, we got to go, right? Yeah. And, and before he says, we got to go, he pours her another drink. Here, have another drink. We got to go. Oh, have another drink. And, you know, push, pushes it on her or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, because it needed to happen. You need to liquor her up yeah. because now we're going to this party. And, of course, sure. things, you know, it just all felt... Paste it on. Like th- these are the things that need to. These are the things that need to happen. And so, I like the um, as far as running gags or jokes. I guess not a gag. The tearing of his suit. I like that. Um, she yeah. tears his suit as they walk in, and then right, she yeah. she trips or something. Yes. Like when they're going to the party, and she pulls on his his suit and tears it, and then she ends up um, <laughs> tearing the in a nice payoff the sleaze bag coworker. She she's like, hey, what happened? And he's like, when he's sitting down at the table with him, he's like, hey, yeah. talking to Bruce Willis, what happened to your suit? And she goes, oh, it's the style, it's the trend, and she tears his, yeah. you know, like that's, um, I like that, and then I think she does the boss too, right? Mm-hmm. Tears the the bosses. Oh no, yeah, so, I don't know. I, I liked that bit. I don't know why. And I think at the time, still into this movie, was invested, was hoping that like there would be something more to that. Like she's literally like tearing his his world apart, tearing it. You know, sure. I, I guess I like that, but I don't feel like it paid off other than just you know. Well, I think I set think, up and call back to to the joke of tearing the the stuff. Yeah, I, I think I don't think that Blake Edwards is. A great writer, so I don't think he messed with with dials. So any any snappy or clever dialogue, I think, is probably a, a holdover from the writer. Yeah, I would think. Not, not all of it is great, so they probably they obviously they had to change some things because they changed whole scenes and so many rewrites. I guarantee they changed lines. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, once you cut out big yeah. chunks, you gotta. So I have some sort I, of lines in there and explain kind of what's going on. But and I think I'd be willing to bet that some of that dinner scene, some of that dialogue, is still the writer's. I mean, yeah, probably. You know, or whatever. Um, I have down here absence of a B store. I guess she is, is his instrument of change. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know. Right, I mean, it's, it's done poorly, but yeah, she's definitely, that's what I have. Is she's the B store. She's the one that comes into his life. And, and basically, I think the note I have here is about she challenges every single rule. Like he's a very, again, going back to this free spirit, you know, creative type. He's traded that in for corporate and yeah. rigid rule, you know, living. And she comes in and messes all that up. You know, women got another place and she's a free spirit herself. And granted, she's a free spirit when she's has alcohol or whatever. But right, yeah. She's, yeah I feel she like seems she, almost uh, homespun or fresh off the farm, <laughs> like when she's eating the candy and stuff, right? So uh, <laughs> you can't get over this, the way she ate that candy. That's well, funny. She seems very sympathetic because she seems like a sweet person. Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk some more about that in a minute, I guess, or whatever. Um, again, a lot of you know more more sight gags. Uh, I have down as the midpoint, if there is one, as a I guess a false uh, defeat. Uh, he gets he gets fired. 
That's Not he I gets had. the important business guy divorced and Walter fired. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, because the, the dinner, because this whole thing was about getting a date for the work dinner, and yeah. that goes horribly, right? It's a disaster. Um, and yeah. he, gets, he gets fired, and yeah, the, <laughs> the boss is now getting a divorce and giving up yeah. 50%. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have, too. It's a false defeat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he gets... He gets what he wants, but he doesn't know it. Like he doesn't not he he needs to be out of that job, but he still thinks correct. So Ooh, that could be a false victory. Actually, he gets what he right. I mean, he gets what he wants, but doesn't know it. Right? No. Well, no. well, yeah, but I think I think you get everything that you think you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I no, you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, just the way you said it made me think about that. But at this point, he doesn't know he wants to get out of that job. Yeah, he, he's because he's trying to do everything to keep it and get a promotion and get the you know, yeah, instead of not get berated by his boss. Or you look like shit and. All that, yeah. So it's it's a definitely a defeat. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into this later, but just for I guess those of you that don't know, the uh, Snyder's beats. So he has midpoint, and later on he has an all his lost beat. Those are always opposite. One's a false defeat, and the other one is a false victory. Um, some different movies will do it differently, but they they can't. Ever, you can't have two false victories or two false defeats. Yeah. yeah, to, yeah. If one's a victory, the other one has to be a defeat. Anyhow. All right. So at this point, you start seeing bad guys close in, and I don't know. I don't know who the bad guys are, uh, to be honest with you. It's just chaos, right? So another confrontation with a crazy boyfriend. Nadia sad and, and crying. Um, David, I guess, uh, Walter tries to be sympathetic. Monkey in the car, another crash. The whole debate about unleaded gas went on too long, I think. Um, <laughs> you remember that? I mean, uh, you know. Um, then there was this scene where Walter's waiting outside the women's bathroom. This... At the club. At the club. Okay, uh, okay. Obviously, the joke is you're a guy trying to get into a girl's bathroom, and that's creepy, or whatever. But this this scene again lagged at a glacier pace, right? I mean, and there's no payoff. It, it lags and moves along at a, a like a glacier, and then there's no payoff. Right? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. like him she getting just him shows up right behind him here. Yeah, I am. and that's the solution. Yeah, right. Like, it's, yeah, you can't wait for the guy to slug him or throw him out or some chick yeah. to go, you jerk, and smash him. You know, uh, slap him in the face. None of that happens. It just she shows up behind him and shows she drinks his drink. Yeah, because once she stops drinking, she can't stop. I guess. You know? Yeah, and then there's more explaining to the guy at the bar, uh, still about the bathroom scene. Walter's mad, wants to take her home, but they dance. Yeah, it's the same scene twice. Yeah, he explains it to him in the right outside the bathroom, and then again at the bar, which we have the whole her behind him deal. But yeah, they could have cut out the. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's rough. So much explaining. Yeah, uh, and um. So then he, he wants to take her home, but then they dance, and then there's this, again, they're looking at each other, so there's, there's this off trying, and, yeah. yeah. It's off and on about, yeah. yes, he is falling in love with her, no, he's mad and wants to, you know, it didn't seem like he was moving in a straight line, it was just, because he gets really mad soon, I mean, you know, because they're dancing and, and... Maybe what they were going for, and again, I'm with you, I don't think it was executed well, but maybe the, him, he's got one foot in both worlds. He's got one foot in the free spirit, you know, want to be creative, you know, and then the the corporate, you know, sh- uh, schmo life. So her, him going back and forth between just letting go and being carefree, yeah, sure. and then also, this is the way this night's got to go, you know, back and forth. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think it was executed very well, but yeah. That and also the supposed to be falling in love or whatever, because they end up together, which I feel like is so weak, but anyhow. Yeah, because um, I, I, they, they kiss and Walter smiles at her, seeming to be taken with her. Uh, and then, enter David again as the instrument of chaos. Yeah. Walter, You're gonna drill her. Yeah, he shows you shows again. Drill her, you know? And again, so that, at that point, I was interested because, like, Larry Kent was. I, I just like him. 
Um, oh, there were some weird transition things there going on when they're dancing, like to show, I guess, the passage of time that they've been dancing for, you know, uh, three days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it was weird. It did it not just once, but it did like three times, I think. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it made me think of the Scooby-Doo ending type stuff. The transition was so bad. Well, like, I think it's to been... showcase Billy Vera and the Beaters. Like, they played like almost a whole song, but because... Uh, I mean, they make good. You know who was a big fan of them, right? Blake Edwards. I mean, it had to. He been. might be. I don't know, but yeah, they. <laughs> to have been. They. They spend had, so much time. I don't mind cameos, but again, but the, to your point earlier about that's if you're going to showcase these musicians, right? And you got um, one I thought I had about the backstory with him wanting to be like, when did when would Bruce Willis do his Bruno thing? Is this part of was that in the story already? Is part of Walter's character? Or was it something Bruce Willis wanted? Right, that was just a thought. I, that I just remembered I had. Um, but again, if you're gonna, if that's the story you're telling, this guy, you know, is given up a life of being a uh, you know guitarist. You had these two music uh, musical again. Another, they missed a golden opportunity to have these guys have a moment with. Yeah. Him or have him look at them on stage and go, man, I wish I was doing that or you know some I don't know however you do it right. I'd have to sit down and think about it. You could have you could have you could have had something pull it back to the future, right? You know, uh, oh, I hurt my hand. You know, I can't play guitar, so Marty gets up there and plays guitar, right? I mean, you know, oh, they could have been playing music and like, sorry, folks, we got to stop. Our guitarist, you know, whatever, and everybody bummed out and yeah, and have to do it. Oh, that would have been great. Come on, that's brilliant, right there. You see what I'm saying? Anyway, but it's not a sight gag. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not a sight gag, right? So okay, but you could make it one. We're writing this movie, um, so you have that happen. Yeah, now we're in and tr- then and then the crazy boyfriend shows up. Why he's on stage? This is a point when the podcast episode turned into two hours. <laughs> right. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's, it's noon. Yeah, we get ten minutes for an hour. Um, yeah. So th- so they, she wants to go to a party, and they. This is when his car gets stripped. This is when the the girl gang shows up and robs him. Robbed by a female gang. Cops uh, implicate him with a gun. Oh, I gotta have, you know, there's, there's <laughs> I wrote, made a note about this. It's so weird. The gang shows up. It's all females, which is cool, I guess, right? And then she, I don't remember, Nadia tries to say something, and one of the female gang goes, or I think uh, Bristol's character tells her, yeah, shut up. Shut up, Nadia. Right? Because he's trying to explain to him the the gang, and then one of the female gangs goes, yeah, shut up, bitch, <laughs> to Nadia. I just, it was so weird to me. Like, it was so, like, pulled me out of the, the yeah, scene. Uh, I just, I don't know, made a note about it, and... Then the cops show up, they're running off, and they question him and give right. him a sobriety test. Why she's drunk off her yeah, ass behind Which him. Which was yes. an okay sight gag. But yeah. he was doing all the same things. Yeah, he wasn't operating thing. a motor vehicle. Yeah. He was standing outside right. his car that had just got robbed. Well, it was just gag, yeah. it was a sight gag total. It made no sense. Right. It, it was there because Edwards thought it would have been funny. <laughs> and it, you know, so much doesn't have anything to do with the story per se as a tacked on sight gag. That's that was my chief feeling. I have to, we'll move on from this, but she wants to go to a party. They pull up to this house. Are you sure this is the address? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's obviously bullshitting him or whatever because there's nobody at the house, but the house gets pulled away, towed away. Why? And how did she know that or she didn't? She just picked a random, it's so you can have the sight gag of the house being dragged away, right? I mean, what's, what? Point. That's all it did. Which, as a side gag, I thought that was that was one thing that that was funny. Like I didn't see that coming, but one hundred percent, like it's what robs it of any credibility. Is how did she know that? Yeah, it turned into a, like a naked gun. Type yeah, of yeah, it's one hundred percent. Like Edward directed naked gun, did he? I bet he did. Um, I don't think he did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Walter crashes Nadia's friend's party. 
which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, and, and like I, he loses it, and and I thought that was going to be a uh, a false victory, uh, all his lost moment initially, but I don't think it is. Well, no. and see, here's the thing. Yes, his life has been dismantled. Okay, you ruined my life. I'm gonna ruin yours. Yes, yeah. right. Which I thought was was kind of mean spirited, right? Because her freaking out was. She even says earlier, you know, a genetic reaction to alcohol. So, so as long as she doesn't drink alcohol, she's fine. But you gave her alcohol, so are largely responsible for making her do that. She did what she did because of a chemical reaction. You're doing what you're doing because you you are mad and want to get revenge on her, which I thought was mean spirit. Like, well, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought he was funnier than her. I'm sorry. Yeah, so right. I mean, it's definitely mean spirit. But again, I guess where I thought it was, the story was going is it was going to be a false victory where he gets everything he thinks he wanted. You ruin my life. Pay her. You know, I'm yeah. going to pay you back. And then realize, oh crap, I've, I've been a complete, you know asshole yeah no that's not the way the story went and then but i mean come on man we got one of the best sight gags in the whole thing you know olive cleavage who doesn't yeah, she, want that well, well, well it's so ridiculous i was like what is going on no he's not he, yep he did okay right right uh so it's all just you know sight gags um so then he winds up in jail and the next day ted picks him up but he finds out nadia has bailed him out he is angry for nadia at nadia for bailing him out which i guess is reason enough to go and now and now she's like hung over and like, so after all of this, she still feels, and this is why the sympathy swung way in her direction, in my opinion. She still feels bad and does kind things like spend $10,000 to get him out of jail. And as we'll learn, is willing to marry uh, uh, David. Yep. Okay. So that he'll he represent him and, and she yep. won't, he, he won't go to jail. Yep. And then, and then again, looking at it with modern eyes, I guess it was funny or whatever because I like Kim Basinger's reaction, but you know, uh, she says, uh, "Okay, I'll marry." We have to have sex, you know. Like she makes this disgusting. I mean, I thought she uh, that was to me was uh, like that. I really enjoyed that moment. Fine, but no kissing. No kissing, right? So, (laughs) so I'm I'm laughing at that. I'm up, but I'm also thinking every man in this movie pushes himself on this poor woman. Drink this alcohol. We're gonna you're gonna do this. I'm gonna make you marry me. And yes, I'm gonna, you know. Yeah. Uh, but she's willing to do that, which I'm sure Edwards was not going for. He was going for the gag. But but, but this makes her sort of a noble person, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, like, yeah. That's where I thought, you know, she's the B story and she's the one that's making him change. It just wasn't done very well. Because, again, when he goes to talk to her, you know, you know, and, you know, why'd you bail me out? And, and just I don't tell me how much you, to you in any way. You yes. Know? Tell me just how much you owe me or how much I owe you. And then I never want to see you again. Like, yeah. I thought that scene would turn into him, you know, turning a corner. No, he just and it doesn't. And then they have this weird, again, the, I guess I understand it now with the gags, but he kicks the bed, the weakest bed on the planet yeah, Earth. Yeah, psych gag bed. Um, Mr. But Sl- it's so weird because she keeps, I guess the silk sheets or maybe the angle of the bed, she keeps sliding down and has to it's keep the, working. Yeah, I, I, I think I wrote it down. This- Kim Basinger, the actress, like she's got to keep working herself up to the top because she keeps sliding out of frame yes. like, towards the bottom. It's I wrote, such I wrote, a weird scene. That's the weirdest poop in the pool no, no. I've ever seen in my life. I, I wrote it down, this weird crawling around scene. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, she's trying to deliver her lines, and it was, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like Pope in the Pool. So, Pope in the Pool is uh, when you do have the characters or something interesting going on, why there's exposition. Um, so yeah, I wrote this down as a, a Pope in the Pool because they're having this conversation, which should have been interesting enough on its own, but yeah, they have this me, weird me bed thing. It's yeah. so, it's so weird, yeah. Um, then so, and then even when he's uh, after he's been declared not guilty, you know, yep. okay. Uh, That's his always lost is what I wrote down. False victory. Yeah. Um, Gets what he thinks he wants, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't... Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So 
he he gets free, right over. He pawns his guitar to go visit her, but she sends him this note saying, you know, I hope you can forgive me. And I'm sitting there thinking, what, what him forgive you? You know, you need to forgive him. Uh, right. He needs to be asking you, uh, you know, and I guess this is what turns him around because he pawns his guitar, he buys the chocolates, loads them up full of alcohol and sends them off. Yeah, well, it's all off screen. We don't see that. What, the... The, the, his breaking the three and his turning around his dark night. Right, yeah, no, no, his dark no, no, no. You don't see any of that. Yeah, no. you see well, him get, she gets a note. You see him, he's, he's walking back in the studio with his guitar. So you can tell that that's changed. That's a visual change, but it's a very brief scene. Yeah. The next scene, like, he's already he's already broken in three because he's got his plan. He's loading yeah. up the chocolate. There's a, just a real quick scene where Nadia calls. Terrible. Terrible. And, you know, David asked about you. Yeah, he's doing fine. Should I tell him you're doing fine? Yeah, tell him I'm fine. And that's it. I mean, so I guess that was the transition you know, of them feeling bad or him feeling bad. Because when he was walking with his guitar, I'm like, okay, he's becoming the person he's supposed to be. Correct. I didn't think he was pawning it. I thought he was going to go play or something. Yeah. And, and, and then have some plan to get her back or whatever. Uh, you know, show up at the... That could have been a callback where the, have the, music, the, the guest guy, the guitar player... Show up again and have him break in. Yeah. Have him break in three. Yeah, man, that's what you're supposed to always be doing. And they so he's practicing in the studio for a song, and he goes to the wedding and does a you know a, a say anything moment with this boom. I thought box, he was going to go there. I just remember this. I thought he was going to go there and like somehow smuggle himself in and be the the guy that's playing at the wedding. Okay, you know? better. Even still, so. better than what they did. Then there's <laughs> he this just ran around from a dog all night. So this, he this, yeah. he's at the and, and then he, hid in the pool house when the and let the chocolates do their work. Terrible. Well. Terrible. I, I, she doesn't need the chocolates till like the next morning or, or morning of, yeah. yeah. So he goes and he bet everything on the chocolates, you knowing is she going to eat them enough of them? Is she even going to eat them? Yes. They're not going to be, you know, some kids going to find them. Yeah, sure. But the whole, uh, you guys were talking about it looked like a play, the whole balcony, everything yeah. there is, you could cut that out and it wouldn't matter because they're really nothing, mean to that dog nothing too. Happened. Nothing yeah. happened in yeah. that scene except yeah. sight gags. Yeah. And they're really mean to that dog. Like he's doing what he's supposed yeah. to. He's well, barking the, at a stranger, and they're all yelling at him. Yeah, sight gags. That's yeah. all. Is going- and then the the bit about the which I understand it now. All this talk about the sight gags and the director knowing who he was, but the <laughs> two biggest moments that pulled me out of the movie, like what the hell just happened, was the olive cleavage. Yeah, and then the butler mooning the dog. Yeah, well, yes. to get like, the dog. What the, what the fuck just happened there? Like, really? Like, what is going like, on? Is he, is he pulling his belt off? Is he going to... What, what? Oh, he's pulling Yeah, I thought he was going to like try to what? spank the dog with his belt. I'm like, yeah, let's see how this goes. And then he pulls his pants. I'm like... What? Well, the dog sees the butt and thinks it's something to bite, and, and that's how he gets it back was, in his cage. I thought he was going to wave oh, a Slim Jim at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's Blake Edwards. Okay. I, yeah. Hey. I wish I wish I'd taken a picture of the wife's face when she saw that. You know, like, what is going on? Yeah. And then he holds onto the gate and swings yeah, it back. Yeah. Also, you can see a, a butt. That, that's, a, that's Edwards. I yeah. guarantee it. Man. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then, and then this whole. So he's there, and nothing happens during the the balcony scenes. It's all just like she doesn't eat the chocolates. He doesn't do anything. It's just for sight gags. Then she does this speech. You know, should a person who doesn't love somebody have to marry somebody? Well, let's take a vote. Oh my God, the driest, most boring way to do that. And then uh, David comes out, or Walter comes out, and says, "Hey!" And then they dive into the pool and and reunite. Yeah. yeah, no, he's absent from his entire third act of his story. Sure. Right? If he's the main guy. Yes. Completely absent. And, you know, he, he does the chocolates, sits back, hides in the pool house from the dog. Yes. For the for whole no time reason. or whatever. Yeah, for no reason. And then at the very end, goes, oh, yeah, I guess I should show up for my, my own movie at the yeah, end. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Pretty bad. I, I, and there is some movie 
that does a long setup of two, two star-crossed lovers. I guess they died or whatever, or they jump into the water and reunite in the water. There is a movie that, that uses that. Overboard. Okay, Overboard is one, but I thought there was an... I was thinking of another one that took place oh. at night or whatever. But yeah, it, it might have been that. It actually the story of Catalina Titanic. and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just hang on, Jack. I'll anyway, never let go. Line yeah, Overboard. Bitch. I bet you it is Overboard. Because to tell that story, yeah, they the, set it up. Story of and then yeah. when they do it, yep. it makes... It's, it's perfect. Here, there was no foundation. It's in the fields. Yeah, no, I didn't give a shit. I was hoping they drowned. <laughs> why, why are you jumping in the water? Yeah. Why are you jumping because in the water? Because it's there. Yeah, yeah no, it, that's why. The only thing I come up with is visual, because they jump in separate, and they come up together. But, like, that's... Yes, yes, but there's no foundation for that. that it's a complete... Agreed. It, I think I even said, God, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> did right. it. <laughs> uh, no setup, unless it was some holdover from the original script that had set up or whatever. I can't imagine, you know... Uh, the only setup I can think of is the John Larroquette's character's mother was chipping golf balls into that pool before the wedding. Maybe it had something to do with yeah. that. That's the only yeah. setup and I the, can think of as the, pool. Put his own white dimpled balls in the pool? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so... There's lots of people getting knocked into pools. Um, yeah, well, the, the guy... The, 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 the waiter the at one point at the party, and then the, they knocked the priest in, too. Yeah, well, right? somebody falling into a pool is funny, Chris. I mean... Oh, right. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, uh, and then the closing scene with the with the coke, which I thought was clever, uh, and them having a scene at the end, you know, where yeah, they and he's just, playing his guitar and stuff. Yeah. And again, they could have set that up. I mean, I think we've talked about that a thousand times, yeah. but like, she could have asked him to play for her earlier on. Yeah, sure, a million ways. And then maybe she asked him about the her writing the movie. Maybe she asked him, "Did you bring your guitar?" Oh no, I didn't. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. And then now the payoff, he's playing for her. But yeah, I got like there. There's no blind date too because she drank some more, man, and like killed him or something. Like yeah. there's, that's a crazy relationship. I, I I couldn't imagine the next day or the next year of their relationship, right. what that would even look like. That looks like chaos. Well, we're supposed to believe that they are really are in love. And this is supposed to be a romantic comedy. Like you, at the end, you are supposed to be glad uh, that they're together, right? I mean, um, so you think it's a monster in the house, poorly done. Yeah, I, 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 yes, and I think that that the monster always oh, been slayed, slayed or yeah, subdued because of the coke, and you can still have a gremlin, a, a, a gizmo, right? That doesn't even make sense because the the breaking of three for a monster in the house would be the hero finding a way to defeat the monster, right? So, and yes. his way of defeating the monster is to give her more alcohol, more alcohol, yeah, 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 uh, in hopes that that this will disrupt the wedding. Uh, why I hide in the pool house so weak? While I hide, while I spend all night running around, and there is this this gimmick, and it's done in a lot of movies of people running in and out of doors, uh, avoiding each other. Yeah, um, I did want to. Chevy Chase did it better. Sure, uh, I did want to say, that sort of as a way of closing or whatever. Screwball comedies are a genre. Okay, like they're they were yeah. big in the seventies, whatever. But I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, uh, what's up, Doc? With um, what's uh, Barbara Streisand, Barbara Streisand and um, and Bugs Bunny, uh, Ryan O'Neill, Ryan O'Neill. Never okay. said that one. Uh, it is a screwball comedy that has a lot that that is almost about this. Okay, so yeah, Ryan O'Neill is a straight laced uh, geologist wife, just super tight and and uptight. And in comes Barbara Streisand as the chaos character, literally the Bugs Bunny. What's up, Doc? You know, uh, the instrument of chaos. And she dismantles his life to the point of burning a hotel down, okay? Uh, 
Yeah, that's the one that uh, Snyder references in his. Uh, yes, and and uh, it broke evenly right at the midpoint. Yep. That movie is perfect in terms of an instrument of chaos bringing change to a character, and 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 by the end of the movie, you want them to be and are glad they're together, and it's per- It's almost pitch perfect. Okay, it is very good. I, I, I like yeah. that movie. Uh, that is essentially because because essentially it's blind date because. He winds up spending an inordinate amount because she keeps inserting herself into his life. Anyway, right. this kind of thing can be done well, and I think if you are looking for that kind of movie, you should look at. at uh, yeah, but those are typically older, right? So I just yeah, I it was wonder, probably. 70s, I wonder, yeah. like this yeah, movie was... killed the screwball comedy. You know what I mean? Like there, there weren't any more after this. I don't know. At least for a while. Right at one hour. All right. Just so you know. Yeah, so I think I think I think I've said everything I wanted to say about this movie. Uh, the only thing, uh, by way of wrap up. Usually we can talk about trivia or whatever. I don't. I think this whole movie is trivial. I don't know that we need to really spend a lot of time. We got to do our recommend pass. Yeah, or, uh, uh, whatever it was. Yes. Um, so I think I think you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to give this one a real hard pass. I, <clears throat> I yeah. This was not. Yeah. A, same. Same. It's a pass for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, is it is it wrong that? I I got distracted by all the vehicles in the movie. I didn't even pay attention to the story sometimes because I'm like, well, I like that car. I like that car. Um, but yeah, it's a pass. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I would I would think just as a novelty purpose alone to see Bruce Willis in his very first moving thing, it was. I'd recommend it for Bruce Willis fans to see where he started. Yeah. Uh, Is this, that why you picked it? I was going to ask you that. Yeah, well, Without yeah, I'd never like, seen hey, it. Hey, why'd you pick this movie, James? I, I had never like seen that. it previous. Uh, my girlfriend, she had seen it, said, yeah, we got to watch it. So I watched it. Bruce Willis's first thing. I agree with y'all. It's a disjointed, weird movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's the spots where you think you're supposed to have fun. It's more of a, huh? What? What's happening here? <laughs> What so is going on? Yeah. It's, I'd recommend for fans to seek it out just for novelty purposes, but your general average... A one-time viewing it. Yeah. It, it's I, more than enough. Don't go pay money for it. It's it's on your streaming platforms. Ouch. Don't pay money for it. The 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 only piece... I just remembered this, and I did want to say this. The only piece of trivia that I found really interesting, David's office, when, when Nadia is talking to him about hiring him, yep. uh, I'll marry you, blah, blah, blah. I need to go back and look, because I didn't see it at the time, but it, I read the trivia about it. The camera pans in David's office, and it shows out David's window. Well, outside that window in view is, under construction, the Fox building, which less than a year later, Bruce Willis was going to film Die Hard on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I need to go back and and see that scene, because I want to see that Fox building outside his window uh, that, you know, literally Bruce Willis was going to film Die Hard in just probably... Yeah, and that's kind of the reason I picked this movie was... You got diehards. You've got Armageddon. You've got all these Bruce Willis movies. Yeah. This was a fun one to see. Man, they just hadn't figured it out yet. You can sure. see the spark of him in there, but it hadn't been figured out yet. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if y'all did this, but I kind of like pre-rated these before I watched them all or ranked them, I guess, as far as how I thought I would enjoy them. And yeah, this before it was not bottom, and it is now for sure. <laughs> like I guess I, I, I thought I would enjoy it a lot more than I did. I'd never seen it, so I was looking forward to. Hey, all right, young Bruce Willis, yep. you know. Fun, you know, rom com type thing, and yeah, yeah I, I <laughs> misread this. I really thought I yeah, enjoyed it. I was disappointed. Maybe I did like it when I first saw it. Maybe I just, I don't know. All right, we done with this one? I think so. All right, I I don't have closing theme music, uh, so I can insert something later, or we can figure something else out later uh, to end the show or whatever. We don't have theme music, so bye. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bye.
Uh, okay, Almeri, do we have to have sex? It's very, very light on story and heavy on the Bronson psyche. I don't want to praise the movie too much. Okay, all right, let me, let me just say this. And he doesn't want you to remember his name. And he actually, like, disavowed him. Yeah, okay? Leave my name out your mouth. Oh, about this yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, where's all my jokes, man? Where's all my jokes? Uh, he, I think he took the money and he left the building because... Check was over. Yeah. Looking for gold in the dung heap as far as <laughs> theme goes. Oh. Oh, you like that part? Crap, we forgot to take it out.